0: Welcome to the Opawa Baptist Podcast. If you'd like to find out more about our church, visit us on any Sunday or online at opawa.org.nz. Tēnā katoa. We've been looking uh, at the book of Esther over the last little while, as Rod said, in our self-denial series, and as he said, this is the last one. Now, we have encouraged you guys to... Uh, read the book of Esther so just a couple of questions quickly to see who has read the book of Esther and knows some of the key facts about it so uh, can you name the four uh, yeah, four main people in the story of uh, five main people in the story of uh, Esther please who can put the hand up and uh, give me those names at the very back there who Esther, Esther? yep that's one oh very good Mordecai, excellent, yep, Haman, that's good, oh look there you are, and there's probably a few others as well. Who's the good person in the book? God, yes, (laughs) right, just a small fact by the way, if you've read the whole book you might know that uh, is the book of Esther a happy ending or a sad ending, Happy, happy. happy if you're a Jew, sad if you weren't a Jew. Okay, so we're going to read a couple of verses from the book of Esther, which we're going to concentrate on this morning. So then Mordecai sent her this message. Don't think that just because you live in the king's house, you're the one Jew who will get out of this alive. If you persist in staying silent at a time like this, help and deliverance will arrive for the Jews from someplace else but you and your family will be wiped out. Who knows, maybe you were made queen for such a time as this. And that's from the message version. Let us pray. Open the eyes of our heart, Lord, because we want to see you, to experience your presence here now. Take the words of our mouth and the thoughts of our heart and make them acceptable in your sight, O Lord and God. So, what are you planning on doing today? What are, you, are you planning on being an encourager? Speaking into someone's life today? They say that life is what happens while you're busy making other plans. Or are you so busy that the moment goes by? And Do you, have this, uh, do you often say to yourself afterwards, if only I'd said something here and now, I should have stopped and listened. Are you so busy waiting for God to say something significant that you miss the significance of the moment? Now I may have shared this story before, but a number of years ago I arrived home after work and went to take the rubbish bins out to the street for the collection. And as I was going out I noticed that one of my neighbours was out there taking his bins as well. And in one of those brief moments, I hesitated and thought, no, I can't really be bothered to wander down to say hello to this guy. I'll just go back in. However, in that split second, I changed my mind and thought, no, I'll wander down. So I wandered down there and, and asked how he was. And what he shared really stunned me. He shared that his partner had just committed suicide. I knew that they'd been having some issues, but never expected this. Now I didn't say much, I just listened and indicated that I was there if he needed support. Our for such a time as this can sometimes mean just being there. Maybe you also think to yourself, I'm so inadequate, what difference can someone like me make? Well this morning I want us to see how the words of Mordecai, how they spoke to Esther can become ours maybe not as grand, but just as significant. Another time when I was 12 years old, I went up to stay with an uncle in Tauranga and went to a Christian meeting there where I committed my life to Christ. After coming back home to Christchurch, that uncle committed to writing letters to me on a regular basis of the old-fashioned pen and paper letters uh, and help, that helped me grow to know God in those early years of my Christian journey, a small moment in his day. So maybe God has you where you are in life so that you can be an influence on the people that you work with, socialise with, or go to school with. Maybe he brought you on a major life change that you weren't expecting or wanting because he wanted you to be somewhere else to influence someone else. Maybe he has you where you are so that you can be more involved in a home group to strengthen your faith or someone else's. He may be opening and closing doors in your life because he's leading you to a different challenge. If we are patient and open to his calling, we can realize the plans he has for us and the people we will influence. You don't have to be a leader, a pastor, or a missionary to make a difference. Mordecai wasn't. He was the support person. This verse in Esther is about one individual man named Mordecai who took a chance and spoke into Esther's life, telling her that maybe you were born for such a time as this, and in your life you can make a difference where God has placed you. Esther and Mordecai, you see, were ordinary people living within a foreign culture, They were aliens and strangers, but they had adapted to the way things were, and they were comfortable. They hadn't forgotten where they'd come from, but saw that it was prudent not to stress their cultural identity. They had assimilated into the Persian, dominant Persian culture. There was no hint of any observance of religious laws, no mention of temple or holy days or even Sabbath-keeping. In fact, God seemed conspicuous by his absence. Life had become good for Mordecai. He had a respectable job of sitting at the gate. Sounds like a good idea, doesn't it, sitting at the gate all day, possibly as a judge. Esther had risen to the heights of being the queen, although this did compromise traditional Jewish injunctions regarding sexual and dietary purity. And yet she displays a moral courage worthy of her Jewish identity. The actions of both Mordecai and Esther are both morally questionable and heroic and saving, a little bit consistent with some of the other Old Testament characters like Abraham, David, Moses. So less than ideal, but worthy of the annual remembrance in the Feast of Purim that the Jews still observe today. The writers of Esther's story, along with its earliest readers, understood God to be at work somehow in the events of the people uh, in the events the people of Israel faced in exile Even when the characters deliberately obscured their connection to the God of Israel The notion of hidden identities and connections is central to the plot of this biblical story Indeed Esther's cousin and adoptive father Mordecai had urged Esther to keep her identity a secret at the beginning of the book as she entered the beauty contest to become the next queen of Persia. Since the Jews were a minority population and subject to suspicion because of their distinctive uh, beliefs and laws, keeping her identity secret was a wise and coarsest strategy that allowed Esther to gain power and status in the dominant culture. But keeping her identity hidden also meant obscuring the God whose name and reputation was inevitably intertwined with the Jewish people. As believers, we also live as a minority in a dominant culture. Identity and risk are two issues we all must reconcile at some point in our lives. Many of us unfortunately live dual identities, one on Sunday and one different one during the week. It might be at work, school, sports team or somewhere, we will have the options to say who we are, or remain silent. We run the risk of discrimination, ridicule, social isolation when we identify ourselves as followers of Jesus. However, we unconsciously do risk assessments throughout our day and make decisions on whether we should or shouldn't do something. And I believe the the older we get, the more averse we come to taking risks. Now look at Alan Curry, he knows the risks involved in exercise, so he doesn't. (laughs) Remember when we first came to know Jesus Christ as Saviour, we were so excited we wanted to tell everyone about our new faith. It didn't matter what people thought of us, but now we don't mention that we follow Jesus when mixing with workmates or at the rugby game. As we travel on that early bird flight to Auckland on business, we try to ignore the person sitting next to us. We certainly don't really want to get into a conversation about what we believe in. We choose to keep our identity hidden when we think the risk is too great. Even the Apostle Peter made a risk assessment in the Garden of Gethsemane when he denied knowing Jesus. The centre and high point of the Esther story Is the statement we read this morning uh, from Mordecai, for such a time as this, in particular that phrase. It seems to be a turning point in the story. Esther now becomes the main protagonist in the story of Mordecai taking a lesser role. Esther does finally reveal her identity, at great risk to herself, when the political situation becomes dire and the people are threatened with genocide. Mordecai urges her to do so saying who knows perhaps you have come to the royal dignity for such a time as this. The implication is that God has been at work both with Mordecai being in the right place at the right time to discover the plot to annihilate his people and moving this Jewish orphan into a place of prestige at just the right time so that she might protect her people. But even as Esther reveals herself and her affiliations to the king, she does so carefully and strategically. The book of Esther understands well the challenges of living in the world, where one might have to juggle and negotiate different, even conflicting, identities and loyalties. Esther's hidden religious identity makes claims on her public life as well as her private life. And part of what makes the story so effective in illuminating these challenges is its reticence when it comes to the word God. As I mentioned, not only is God not a character in the book, but God is not even mentioned once, not even in the course of a prayer. Now God is at work, yes, but the story refuses to trivialise that presence. We all know that life can be hard, difficult at times, difficult things happen. Pain cannot be avoided. When life doesn't make sense, do you turn to God or does it seem like he's not there, that he is silent? The message is clear, I think, in this story, that God is sovereign even when it doesn't make sense. And it turns out that God is actually the main character in this story, even if his name is not used. This text can fire our imaginations for such a time as this, for our moment. For some of us, the courage of faith will fuel us to take risks in our towns, our cities, our neighborhoods, schools or workplaces, or across the world. Like this unsuspecting queen or a babe in a manger, we too are part of God's story right here, right now. But what story are we telling today Can this generation even understand what we're saying? Or is a message lost in translation? Moments, movements and mission. Esther did not create a moment. God provided a moment through Mordecai's challenge to Esther that created a movement to save her Jewish race and all part of God's mission to redeem the world. Now, the early church also was a movement that was passionate and in a moment turned the world upside down. If we want to connect with this generation, we are going to need moments, movements and mission. You see, people are hungering for an experience of God, not just information about God. That's always been true, but it's even truer now. We know what our mission here at Opawa is, we've articulated it in the Transforming Opawa document, to be a people working as the junior partner with God and saving a people, transforming us into God's likeness and drawing us into the loving life of God. But are we ready for a moment that will create a movement? The gathered people of God, the church, not the institution, at our authentic best, will have have all of these characteristics, a movement on a mission characterised by some very profound moments. So, in 2021, there are at least two things we need to do, I believe. We need to focus on calling people back to the mission of the church, not just attending church, call people to do the things that people who are part of a movement do. How about start by loving our city, your neighborhood, each other, the world? How can you be involved in some of the major social issues of the day? Black lives matter, Hash #me too, indigenous land rights, diversity issues, climate issues. How do we represent Christ in those issues or do we ignore them? And secondly, We need to keep on shaping moments in our Sunday service that go beyond information or content alone and engage people's senses and hearts. For starters, prayer when we offer simple words to God, music that draws us closer to encounter God, testimonies on how others encounter God, maybe even communion where God encounters us through the cross. All of this can spark moments of transformation You can't create powerful moments, but you can facilitate them. As a church family, what is our for such a time as this? What is our moment? Maybe we might think it's an issue like, what are we going to do with the back lawn? Or how do we grow our small numbers? It might be to deal with our reduced giving. Any one of those three might be enough for our moment but if those are not enough for you and they're certainly not enough for me, then perhaps this might be something you might feel is important. I believe that opah was such a time as this could be to love the Lord our God and Him only, that is to be counterculture by giving up consumerism, individualism, bigger is better, busyness or idleness and other modern day idols. Or it could be to serve your neighbourhood by building relationships, being present, being advocates, especially for those more vulnerable in our neighborhoods. To be peacemakers, seeking justice, dignity, and sustainability for our city, our nation, and our world. Or it could be being prepared to live and speak about Jesus, the God who gives true dignity to people and real hope for our world. This might mean stepping out of our comfort zone and even going to someplace else to live. We can do these here. Now, together. This is our moment. Your commitments of time, talents, and yes, money, will make a difference whether we as a church family live or die. Now, that might seem a little bit dramatic, but it's no exaggeration. We're at this place, in this moment, together. You're a gift to this community, to your neighbourhood, to this neighbourhood, to the world. Together, we can be a gift to each other, and those around us, if we dare to commit ourselves to that work for the years to come, will you dare to be a Mordecai, to stand up for the truth and to speak into someone's life? We can build on the past, and a power has a fantastic past, but we can't stay there. We can trust God for the future, but don't wait around until it arrives. It is our action in the present, that will bring transformation to our community and the world. Sometimes God's presence will seem remote or non-existent, but the truth is God is still active and present and in control. Each one of us has a front line, meaning a place or a time when we meet fairly regularly with people who don't know Jesus. God can bring people into each of our lives at particular moments for a reason. God can put each of us in certain places at certain times for a reason too. It can be kind of amazing, actually, when we get a chance to see God's timing at work. So it's well worth us asking ourselves and each other Mordecai's, Mordecai's question periodically. Who knows? Perhaps you have come into the kingdom for such a time as this. Now this phrase actually refers to Esther being scolded for her self-indulgent self-preserving mindset Mordecai reproved Esther for living large and embracing royalty over righteousness selfies over service through those telling words he reminded her she had been chosen to set her own interests aside to let go of her own ambitions and face an enemy full on she was to risk her life and a legacy with no guarantees of a positive outcome, that is the, for such a time as this that Mordecai challenged Esther to accept. And that's for such a time as this that God also sets before you and me. The outcomes may not be what we expected. They could be messy or seemingly a defeat. We don't control the outcome, but God does. We, however, can control being there and being ready. God has given each of us a job, paid or unpaid, position, resources, education, family, and more. God has opened opportunities to further his kingdom purposes. He didn't place you or me where we are so we could eat chocolate, ice cream, or a cup of coffee all day long and post pictures on social media, although those things are important. He's placed us in our neighborhood, workplace, sports club or family, because we're in the midst of a struggle. Paul says in Second Timothy, I've fought the good fight, I've finished the race, I've kept the faith. You and I are in the midst of a major conflict involving God's truth versus Satan's lies. God is present and active. He is not a remote deity. Remember, Jesus entered our neighborhood to walk with us. Jesus got down on his knees in the dirt to look into the eyes of a young woman, an outcast from respectable society, a prostitute, not to condemn her, but to love her. What is your posture? Who is it towards? To miss a kingdom assignment because we've become too caught up in our personal kingdom is one of the greatest tragedies we could ever face. An entire nation was grateful for how Esther Responded to Mordecai's rebuke. Their lives were spared. How many souls can be spared in the culture where we live today if we choose to step up in service, even if it involves sacrifice? Don't forget the rest of the verse that Mordecai spoke. He said, For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place, and you and your father's house will perish. You cannot we cannot remain silent forever this is our moment. We need to stop being just spectators in our Christian life. Remember though God is at work. So we don't need to be anxious. We don't need to be driven. But we do need to be intentional. So instead of worrying about what may or may not be appropriate on our front line instead of being concerned that we are responsible for the evangelization of our entire family a street, city or world, let us begin by reminding ourselves that the Holy Spirit is at work and has been for decades in different, many different ways in communicating the good news. We just need to be willing and ready. President Barack Obama once said, change will not come if we wait for some other person or if we wait for some other time. We are the ones we've been waiting for We are the change that we seek. And as believers, we do so in the power of God, the Father, His Son, Jesus, and the Spirit of the Living God. God is at work. And God has been at work in His people, in His church, in this land and beyond, and no doubt in you in myriad ways. We may not get to see the outcome in our lifetimes, but it is so. Let's pray. Lord, turn my heart and my mind toward you and toward the role you have chosen for me to live out. Help me to put your will and your purpose ahead of my own. I humbly bow before you and ask for your direction and guidance as well as your courage to live out the calling I've been given for such a time as this. In Jesus' name, amen. As we step out into this week, may we rejoice in God's presence, trust in his power, and show his love to all we come into contact. Amen. Thank you.